Every year when May rolls around, I start waxing euphoric about warbler migration. My Zoom presentation at the start of this month was about them, and I covered every warbler species that regularly occurs in the United States and Canada. But at the end of my talk, looking at questions in the chat box, I realized I had not addressed the most basic question of all. What is a warbler? How exactly are they set apart from every other little songbird? Warblers are tiny insectivorous birds belonging to a big family limited to the Americas. They were unknown to European naturalists until explorers started shooting them and sending the carcasses back to Europe for cataloging. Two of our warblers, the northern perula and American redstart, were included in the 10th edition of Linnaeus's Systema Naturae, published in 1758. Linnaeus placed the red start in the genus Modicilla, which now in 2021 is limited to what we call wagtails, mostly Eurasian species. But in 1758, it was a big amorphous genus that also included our bluebird. I'd always been curious about the similarity of the chickadee family name, Parody, and the warbler family name, Perulidae. It was all because Linnaeus mistook the northern perula for a European tit and placed it in the genus Perus. Warblers are all small from the tiniest, the northern perula and Lucy's warbler, which are only four and a quarter inches from tip of beak to tip of tail, to the biggest, the ovenbird and Louisiana water thrush, which are six inches long. Over the years, I've several times confused at first glance a young or female orchard oriole or female tanager with a warbler. And when I was starting out, I mistook goldfinches for warblers until I got better at paying attention to the bill thickness and posture. Warbler bills are slender and straight, thinner and longer than those of chickadees, without the curve of a brown creeper's bill or the hooked tip of avirios and longer than the bills of kinglets. Paying attention to such subtleties becomes second nature with experience. Some warblers have oval spots on the underside of their tail tips, which are, I think, a unique warbler trait, but many common warblers don't have those. Back before DNA helped work out relationships, scientists used various morphological structures such as the syrinx, or song box, various muscle groups, and other structures we can't possibly see when we're looking at a tiny songbird and just want to know what page to find it on in our field guide. Too bad birds can't each wear their 23andMe results on conspicuous wing tags. Of course, birds don't even have 23 pairs of chromosomes. Most songbirds have 40. Not knowing anything about genetics when I started birding, the way I learned my warblers was to spend a lot of time birding and a lot of time with my field guides. 
I read both the Peterson and Golden Guides from cover to cover, but just a tiny bit of that actually stuck. What really helped was keeping the field guides out in our apartment, one next to the bed. A few times every day, I'd open one at random and read a page or two. Little by little, my brain started absorbing the information in a way that became accessible in the moment I was actually seeing those birds. I did two things to master bird songs. First, when I heard anything, I'd track it down. The intense search helped cement the song in my head. Also, when I was in the kitchen or ironing, back when I actually did ironing, or doing homework, I was still a student, I'd listen to recordings. My brain would drift a lot, but doing it so often, some of it started to stick. I'll never forget when I went out west with my sister-in-law, Jean, in 1979 and heard my first McGillivray's warbler. I swear I could hear the nasal voice on the Peterson record in my brain say perfectly clearly, page 254, McGillivray's warbler. That moment made all the hours of listening worth it. Plus, listening over and over sealed into my brain the songs I was getting more familiar with outdoors. It's fun and easy to get out there and see warblers. Figuring them out is the challenge. But try not to get frustrated. Life is too short and warblers too wonderful to let mere issues of identification stop us from enjoying them. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.